Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as blogger, writer, people watcher, oversharer, dumpling tragic. Humans of Twitter is their stories, in their words, in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Mrs. Werg. Hello, Steve. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you on board. In social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Um, in what way? Like, hi, my name's Kate. Where's the bar? Or, like, what I do for a job? Or Yes, to all of that. Okay. Well, I probably would shake your hand and look you in the eye and say it's nice to meet you. And if they were to ask, so what do you do for a crust? Um, I'm likely to say I'm a mummy blogger which then brings on thousands of questions about that. And from my early days of being a mommy blogger, um, I've been able to sort of branch out and do all sorts of interesting work over the last few years. So I would say I work in social media. What does it mean to be a mummy blogger? It means that you write on the internet and you've had a baby. <laughs> Is that the sum title? Well, you know, even if you haven't had a baby sometimes and you're a lady and you write on the internet, you can be called a mummy blogger. It's a very, very, you know, wide array of people. But it, generally speaking, if you have a blog and you've had a child, you are mummy blogger. Can a dad be a mummy blogger? A dad can be a daddy blogger. And it's important that you're not a mum blogger, you're a mummy blogger, even though okay, I'm it, not your mum. It's a separate thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? And, you know, mummy bloggers have been around for a long time now and, you know, for a long time there people used to roll their eyes, you know, oh, here's the mummy blogger. I don't care. You can call me whatever. Sometimes I write about, you know, boring things. But I, I'm probably more of a personal blogger, but uh, still they like to lump you under that umbrella. Can I ask? No. What What's this Mrs. Woog bit all about? Okay, so... Um, Mrs. Woog, when I first started writing my mummy blog, um, I wanted to remain anonymous on the internet, which of course is sure. so stupid. But back then, <laughs> back then, you know, people, everything was new. Blogs were new. Facebook was new. Social media yes. was sort of being given birth to at the same time. So I wanted to be anonymous on the internet. So I took um, my husband's name, not at the wedding, mind you, not at the <clears> wedding, <throat> but for the purposes of, of my writing on the internet. Um, it's an unusual name. It's a Hungarian name. A lot of people are surprised when they meet me that I'm not Chinese. Yes. Um, but it's Woog with a G. And so, yeah, that's how it all came about. I was able to do it for about two years yes. before it all blew up and I had to reveal myself. <laughs> was, was that a big drama? Did people make a big deal of it? Not really because I think by that stage the name had sort of stuck and it still has stuck. Um my husband is a very private person, so he was a bit mortified by the whole the whole business, but he, he got used to it. Well, you know, funnily enough, once it started creating an income, he was fine with it too. <laughs> there was a bit of a game change around these parts, let me tell you. I asked this very guardedly then. Is it okay if I call you Kate? Sure. I asked this guardedly, Kate, are you doing what Kate in year 11 thought you would be doing right now? Oh God, no! I was going to be a backup dancer. Awesome. Um, yeah, or like like a backup singer for you know Aretha Franklin or something like that. 
Oh, year 11, Kate, was she was a hot white mess, let me tell you. <laughs> she was all over the shop. She's the black sheep of the family. She was, um, yeah, she was very rarely at school, mm-hmm. it's got to be said, and uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, actually, I did know, but I didn't have the smarts. I wanted to be a journalist. Nice. Yeah. I've always been a writer since I was a kid. Like I read and write everything and, and all through high school I'd bum out on every single subject but always top the class when it came to creative writing and they couldn't understand it was this like really strange anomaly mm-hmm. um, how this, this would occur but it just happened. I just love it. Do you wish that journalism had then developed or, or come into your sphere of influence? No, I'm, I'm very happy with the way things have worked out. What did that mean then? If Kate wasn't, you know, sort of caring too much about high school, when Kate needed money, what did Kate do? Well, I had to go to university. Yes. Um, that was that was like my parents was like, you know, that's just the, the benchmark of what's happening. So I went and st- uh, to Charles Sturt Uni. Yes. And I studied teaching. So I was a primary school teacher for a, a couple of years. Yeah. Um, which was interesting. I have a book coming out in March next year about that with some very funny stories. And right. then I just then I travelled. I went around the world for a couple of years with Mr. Woog, who wasn't was my boyfriend back in the day. Mm. And when we got back to Sydney, I wanted to have a little change. So I, I was really heavily in, um, influenced by Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld. Yes. So I wanted to get into publishing, and I did. I got into publishing and, and was in publishing for ten years. So yeah, it, it's been a bit of a bit of a, a journey, as they like to say. It's a journey, my journey. It's nice, I like it. Yeah, nice. What do you do really well? Um, what do I do really well? I think I'm a I'm a pretty good friend. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a pretty good listener, and I think working in the area that I do, I pretty empathetic towards other people now which is something that I wasn't 10 years ago so I think I'm a people's person I think you know to work in social media you have to be social so Mm. yeah people I like people I like stories and listening to people's stories and and reacting with people and talking and all of that crap I like that does being a people person mean that you're also a people pleaser uh used to be Mm used to be and probably probably still am in a lot of ways I don't like uh letting people down um or disappointing people but as I've gotten old because I'm ancient now um you know I've given I've given away a lot of that as well because I can't actually go on other people's journeys for them Mm. which is something that I've recently sort of worked out the last maybe two years and 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 doing what I do and, and facilitating discussions with thousands of women over across Australia and around the world is really hard not to take on other people's energies all the time. So that's been a really interesting, you know, thing that I've sort of come about is like that's you're on your journey and I'm on my journey and, and I can send you love and I can send you everything that you need, but I can't actually take on your angst. Does that make any sense at all? Absolutely it does. Do I sound like Oprah? Not at all yet. Unless there's a car under my seat. <laughs> you get a conscience. <laughs> <laughs> you get closure and you get closure. You, you get closure. Everyone gets closure. Everyone gets closure. <laughs> <laughs> what for you is a source of strength, Kate? 
Um, my family. Mm-hmm. I have like not just the kids, like you know, my husband and my kids, my my friends who are my family, and I have the most amazing family. You know, mum, dad, stepbrother, stepsisters, half sisters. There's like, you know, Irish Catholic. So many of us everywhere, and everyone is super supportive of each other and kind and evil and just you know I'm really blessed to have the family I have hashtag so blessed what's your experience of family when everyone gets together oh well we go via Dan Murphy's and drop a watch there <laughs> and we've got uh many 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 like well mum mum and uh stepdad and dad and stepmom have many many grandkids so it's always a lunch they're foodies so there's always a lot of food a lot of booze mm. there's there's you know sleepovers with kids sleeping on couches and floors and there's always sort of like a karaoke evening at the end of it right it sounds really fun yeah just your traditional sort of family stuff lots of laughing lots of laughing how is conflict dealt with inside that crazy sphere <laughs> Um, just losing your shit mm. basically and getting over it quite quickly. You know, you're pissing me off yeah. and this is why. Sorry, I didn't realise. Is it a fairly broad matter-of-fact approach from everybody that just get over yourself? Yeah, yeah. No, no one's got time for I mean, I don't have time for games and no one else does in my family, which is nice. I, I would expect there's a fair deal of empathy then when there are real problems like it's fine you know, here's a cup of concrete harden up that stuff when it's just whatever but when the rubber really hits the road those kind of people are, are people that rally with you is, is that truth for you oh absolutely absolutely i um there's there's absolutely no judgment and you know you, we've sort of got that connection that if you know something's not right with someone then you ring them up and you say i've got my spidey senses tingling what's going on <laughs> what challenges you Hmm. Let me have a little thing. Mm-hmm. I like to be challenged in the way of making me think about my own thoughts. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So I can I can think something, you know, that's that's a, a black circle. And I like to be challenged in the sense that someone could come along and say, let's look at this differently. I like to be challenged intellectually. Um, over my own thoughts and over, you know, my own opinions. Yes. I, I love saying prove me wrong. I love, I love, I'm not that arrogant that I think I know it all, you know, and there's a lot more wiser people out there who, you know, I'm quite happy to hear and take on board and listen. And I think that's been a really great thing in, in practising what I do for a living. When has that bit you in the ass? Oh, like every fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't know who you're dealing with out there and you've got the people that you know and trust, but when you're writing on the internet, the whole world's out there to to, to let you know if you're a dickhead or whatever. Yes. So, you know, but you quickly learn to, you know, sort the wheat from the chaff, so to speak, so you can say actually your opinion is going to matter me and you're just loopy, so we're just going to pop you over there and let you just go feral until you burn out. So it, it does because... I'm writing for, you know, and people who do write on the internet have to understand that they're writing for a worldwide audience. Yeah. And um, you just never know where your piece of 
mind is going to pop up. How do you deal with, with some of the more challenging humans in that regard? Um, I don't give them, you know, if someone comes to my door and they're, they're going to shit on my rug, mm. I'm not going to let them in again. So that's how I sort of just use that analogy. You know, my door is open for you and everyone is welcome. But if, if you're a cock, then I'm, I just, no, see you later. So where do you draw the line between public and private for you? How do you manage that? Um, yeah, it's been so interesting to f- reflect back on this over the last six years. Six years ago, you know, no one was reading blogs and, and mm. I was just doing it for fun and as a hobby and, you know, because I had kids at home and one of them was born with uh, a deafness. So I quit my job and... I spent five years getting him through the Shepherd Centre and getting him sort of really school ready and ready for to face the world. And during that time, I went a bit because <laughs> it's so bored, like bore, boring, like it's lovely and I wouldn't change a thing. But God, those days are long. Yeah. So someone suggested I write a blog, so I wrote one blog post in a year, and then I read that uh, I, I watched that film called Julie and Julia. Yes where she blogged her way through Julia Child's recipe book. So I said to myself, right, I'm going to write a blog post every day for a year and then close it down and that will be a little challenge for me to get me through. Yep. So I'm putting pictures of the kids up and pictures of this up and, of course, no one knew I was doing it. Um, I regret some of the things that I've put on the blog that, you know, their story is not my story to tell, but it's been done so I'm not going to beat myself up about sure. that anymore. It's done. Um my oldest son is getting to that age now where he, you know, he will be sort of, well, he has sort of been, it's not even phased out, but, you know, he's starting to become his own person yeah. now. And, you know, it's the same that will happen with my younger son. And my husband's very private, so he's never been on the blog. So it's just me, me and the bloody cat. How fun's that going to be? Christ. How will you fill your days? How will you fill your, your, your blogs with just me and the cat doing things? <laughs> This is me and the cat going for a walk. No, I think um, being a personal blogger, it's, it's really great because you don't have a niche, what they call it in the industry is a niche. So I'm not writing about, you know, the sex life of Nicaragua and Pygmy Mole mm. or anything like that. I can write about absolutely everything I want. So, you know, there's certain things I write about. So I write about, you know, memories of mine. I do a lot of um, opinion stuff these days. Yep little bit of politics, dabble in a bit of style and fashion, but, like, really, that is just so, so laughable. It's not even funny. Um, and, yeah, so it's really broad and I actually, you know, talk to bloggers all the time and they want to know how to be successful and I say to them, if you want to be successful, go back eight years and start a blog. It's um, really hard now to get, mm. you know, traction and notice. But and having said that, there has been a couple of blogs recently that are sort of shot out of nowhere but I think the thing to think about is that it takes time. Yep. You know, you can't be a, a, a very busy mummy blogger overnight, let me tell you. So have you graduated from being a mummy blogger to a personal blogger? Oh, I'll be any blogger you want me to be, Steve. <laughs> I don't mind at all. It's interesting, isn't it, because I, I, I see them the traditional media still trying to put some boxes around who we are, what we write about, trying to classify yeah, people that yeah. write on the internet. I, yeah, I mean, uh, because it's um, 
I suppose that if you're trained in a way and they're trained to, you know, to come up with stories and filled spaces and stuff and, you know, I can put up a blog post and there might be a breaking story that happens an hour later and 15 minutes later I've got an opinion piece up there. We can work a lot quicker, Mm. I think, Um, and a lot of us have comparative audiences to a lot of magazines and and websites now as well. Um, And the thing is that I think bloggers build a community that is very loyal yes and very you know and even not even not not with me but just with you know my voice or my message and one of the amazing things that's happened with my site is the amount of friendships that readers have you know grown within you know just by being readers so you know they've, they've become friends in real life which is you don't get that from the news no yeah, I've never claimed to be a journalist. I, I don't think bloggers are journalists, but I do believe there's a lot of journalists now who want to be bloggers. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting distinction, isn't it? Yeah. Where do you find your piece? In the freezer. What's in the freezer that that's where your piece is? Oh, I thought you said pee. <laughs> no, Kate, the thing that centres and calms you. Oh. It could be peace. Okay, my piece. I love traveling. Um, I, you know, getting on a plane to me is going somewhere is is my favorite thing. Um, it's sort of what gets me to, you know, get through work and get through tasks and, you know, hustle for cash and mm. do all of that so I can actually go on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> but every day, peace, I would probably find I do a meditation every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I meditate. I'm one of them mindfulness and all that crap it helps me sort of you know realize that you know sometimes with all these eyes on you you can start to get a bit you know weirded out so it just makes me think well you know I am what I am and I'm all right I'm not a bad person you are all right Kate you're doing okay (laughs) where is your favorite place to travel to uh uh, it's a place I've never been before I, I haven't been to Italy and I think that's wrong I just think that's wrong on so many levels. Like mm. I'm 42 and um, like everyone else has been, I think. So I, I'm going to go next year. Excellent. Um, I like I like the heat. I like resorts. New York is never, ever going to get boring for me. London is amazing. Um, I hate Fiji. <laughs> um, and I like travelling around Australia. I think Australia is just awesome. It's got, you know, it's beautiful places to go and, you know, with the dollar the way it is, I can see that a lot more people are going to start holidaying at home. Mm. Yeah, well, it's only going to help the economy too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What reality TV show would you love to star in? Oh, Australia's Next Top Model. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. But because because I am, I'm not tall enough, Steve, so I can't go in that, I would like to be in probably The Apprentice. What is that? Uh, celebrity Apprentice, mm. even though I'm not a celebrity, just The Apprentice. Well, yeah, but why subject yourself to a fairly brutal process? Uh, don't, you, don't you think? I think that would be fun. Oh, look, I'm not, I, don't take, I don't take life seriously. I think it would be hilarious. I think there's elements of it that would be hilariously fun. Yeah, I just think it would be, um, I don't know, I, I, like, I quite like a challenge. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
But I'd have to like pre-approve the cast first because <laughs> we're on a cracker. I just, yeah. Why do you think you couldn't be a part of Nick's Top Model? I mean, the height thing is just an arbitrary number. We can cut that down. Okay. Well, I think that if, um, oh, well, you know, why, why the hell not? Why shouldn't a 42-year-old, slightly overweight, greying, wrinkly, saggy, baggy elephant do that? I think that it would be a relatable a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you see these 14- and 15-year-olds on it and they're wearing like $3,000 outfits, it just doesn't make sense. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you, well, you don't actually have the money to pay for that. But anyway... Um, I'm not sure they appreciate what they're wearing either. Oh, no. They just want to go and eat their bloody... Feelings. Tail shakes and <laughs> eat their feelings. <laughs> what show would you be on, Steve? Uh, look, I have thought about this. I am a massive Survivor fan and I would love to mm-hmm. do that. I'm not mm-hmm. sure that I'd be really good at it um, in that I would just try and be a master manipulator. Um, if, 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 if it, and, I, and plus, mm-hmm. I promised the world I would keep my clothes on. There's no issues about that. Um, beyond that, though, sure. I think, I, you know, I'd love, uh, again, an apprentice-style approach. I think that would be a ton of fun. However, again, I'd just try and be the, the master manipulator. So it's not my fault. I did my bit. Yeah, yeah, I see. What about um, that I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, could you go on that? I don't think I could be, I don't think I could have the Merv Hughes-style stomach to just whack some weird, greasy-looking eyeball in my mouth and chew it up and swallow yeah, it and go, no, great. no. No, I can I'm handle not, most things, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not interested in that either. That would be my idea of hell. I'll go and host it. You know, it may never air on television, but I'd go and host it. <laughs> What's the most exciting thing you've ever done? The most exciting thing I've ever done? Mm. Oh, I I rode um, Ming Dynasty in the Golden Slipper. Say so what now? I rode Ming Dynasty in the Golden Slipper. No, you did not. When I... When I was about 14 or 15, yes, I did. Are you dead serious? Yeah. In an actual horse race? No, I was the clerk of the course. So it was uh, the Golden Slipper. Uh, I've written about it. I can't remember what year it was. And uh, my dream at the time was to be a clerk of the course. You know, the red coats that the horses in. And um, my dad is in the racing industry, so he um, pulled a few swings at the Cracker Factory and... I got to ride Ming Dynasty. Wow! On the on the course on um, Golden Slipper Day. That's so cool. I know, I know, and and like people go, no, you didn't, and I was like, well, yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> back off, step back. What was that like that day when you're riding a horse out in front of all those people? Oh, just brilliant because, you know, I was at that age where I was indestructible and, you know, now I'd be like, oh, what if I fell off? What if this happened? <laughs> this happened. But back then, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, yeah, bring it on. Yeah. And now we're also neurotic and concerned. Um, yeah, I just remember like riding with the wind in my face and my hands in his mane and he just, he was, it was like he was running in it himself even though he'd retired. Mm. Um, yeah, and he was just ready to go and he was, it was, it was a lovely, lovely memory. Are you still a horsey girl? Uh, no. Uh, like, yeah, boys came along, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. You traded one large penis for another. <laughs> if you like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't meaning figuratively. I was meaning what? metaphorically. What? Is that the time? Is that the time? <laughs> I just meant that boys can be dicks sometimes. 
Oh, totally. I got, got dumped on my ass in when I was a teenager and, and, and like, by the phone. I mean, truly, break up with me by the phone. Oh. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. And back before oh. it was you had your own mobile phone too. Oh, yeah. This was like on a public pay phone. Oh. That's, wow, that's, that hurts. Yeah. Tell me about it. I've got no issues. No, I'm totally over it now. How did you avenge that breakup? Oh, just by traditional stalking. <laughs> you know, we're talking before the internet here, Steve. It was hard. You're on public transport stalking. It's very time consuming. So you tracked down who was the new girl and gave her the death yeah, stare? Yeah, had the social networks out, you know, the old telegraph wires mm. working. But then I met another boy and moved on. In a crisis or an argument, are you fight or flight? I just hate arguing mm. I will run a mile to avoid confrontation I am definitely a lover not a fighter mm. um but I, I I won't run away from it but I will like try and calm it down because I think it's just you know there's very few times I've actually felt myself get worked up about something um one was uh I was at the counter at Maya and I was sort of absolutely standing there about to buy something. So I stepped up to the counter and this woman just went fucking nuts at me. And something in me just like, just snapped. I said, chill. I said, I had no idea. And, like, I'm so sorry. Of course you're there first, but you don't need to scream at me. And I was shaking when I was saying that. Like that for me was just, you know, to stand up to myself. Um, this little old evil bitch was having a go at me because I just, you know, I was in Disneyland. Mm. Um, but I hate, I hate fights. And so one of the worst things you can ever do to me as a friend is ring me up and says, um, do we need to talk? Oh. No, everything's fine. What's wrong? What have I done? No, I hate fighting. Unless it's with my husband and my kids and then I'm very good at it. <laughs> it makes all the difference knowing the soft spots, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. But even then, like, what good is it at the end of the day? It's just, oh, God, I can't believe I got this far without saying that. I hate that phrase at the end of the day. Sorry, Steve. Um, you know, but fighting, is, it's not good. It's not good for anyone. I hear. I understand that. That's like when someone tries to pick a fight with you on Twitter, I'm just like, okay, you're having a bad day. Mm. Walk away, Renee. <laughs> what Christmas traditions do you have that you hold dear? Um, panic buying, <laughs> panic cooking, and panic driving around Sydney trying to visit everyone. It wouldn't be Christmas without that. Has panic buying ever really paid off for you? Um, do you know one year we were so skinned that I bought all of the Christmas presents with my Qantas frequency? <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a great idea. Buying. Yeah, oh, yeah, we were back, you know, just pre-kids and, oh, no, I think we just had them and it was just like, well, money was a bit tight. So, yeah, that, that account got cleaned out. <laughs> um, panic buying is always better, I think, because you're more generous. Yes, What's the best present you've ever got? When we were in, um, my husband and I went to New York for three weeks and we were staying, we treated ourselves to a couple of nights at the Waldorf Astoria, which, God, what a hole. <laughs> anyway, um, there was a jewellery shop in the in the, uh, the foyer mm. and I fell in love with this antique Art Deco diamond and sapphire ring. 
Um, so I went and tried it on. Sure. I showed my husband and I said, like, that's nice, isn't it? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not buying it. It's too expensive. And then on the last night he gave it to me. So mm. I think that was probably the best gift present I've ever had because it was so thoughtful. Yes. Are you pro or anti-surprise? Pro or anti-surprise? Depends on the surprise. So surprise, here's a nice brooch, pro? No, I, I don't wear brooches. That would be hideous. <laughs> okay, so that would be that would be a, a bad. That's con. Yeah, I'd be like, what the fuck? You know, I'm not truly bishop. <laughs> surprise, we're pregnant? Uh, that's happened twice to me. Um, and it was both a very traumatic sort of development because neither of them were planned and, you know, I I didn't. I was like, thank God I did now because I still wouldn't be sure <laughs> if I wanted to have kids. So they were sort of, they would, they chose me. I'm not going to tell you that, but they chose me. <laughs> chose you. That's fair enough. Yeah. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? Well, I have got a book coming out, as I said. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started a little business taking groups of people to little tropical holidays, which I can't wait to do. Um, I'm getting into podcasting. Nice. Uh, well, I don't know if I am. I'll just have to listen back to this and work out whether that's <laughs> going to be a good thing or a bad thing. And I've started writing a novel. So sort of branching out again from the work that I do on Woods World. Um, still working commercially on Woods World because I just love it. Mm. Like I love working with brands and being creative and, and um, you know, I come from a marketing background so I can sort of advise and see what works and what doesn't work. So that's uh, always been really challenging as well. So, yeah, but just sort of branching out here and there. I, I do a little bit of television enough to know that I don't want to do that. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that makes people crazy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm a writer, so that's what I'm going to do. Any advice you have for me on how to get somehow into Lego sites, um, that would be spectacular. Into Lego sites? Into Lego's with- you know, radar. So they went, oh, you know, oh, Steve, okay. we need to send him all of the Lego. Oh, you want all of the Lego? Oh, I so badly want all of the Lego, particularly the Star Wars. What would you do with it? I'd build it. Oh, God. That's my colouring in. Oh, God. Don't even start. Like, just like I, 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 yeah. I know that it's therapy for some and stuff, but like, wouldn't you rather be reading? Read some. Some people's reading is some people's coloring in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. That was very judgmental. I take that back. And is then some people's building of Lego? No, that's just for losers. Well, thanks for uh, this conversation, Kate. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. I, that was harsh, and I said that to hurt you. And I also take that back. That was oh, no, no, very mean spirited of me. And I think you should definitely start looking at working with Lego, starting with your Duplo, <laughs> and um, working your way up to your Galactica sets because I hear they're very difficult. Galactica sets? You have no idea. No, I don't. I just said I think I've read that on the internet somewhere. I don't want your platitudes, Kate. <laughs> Well, Kate, thank you so much, seriously, for your time today. I, I really appreciate okay. what you've said. Uh, please know that you're highly valued and the things you've shared today are very precious. Thank you. Oh, that's-
that's just such a lovely thing to say, say, Steve, and it's been an absolute delight talking to you. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Very clearly, you are on Twitter. Are there any other social media accounts you want to admit to? Um, Twitter, Facebook, blog. That's it. All easy enough to find? Something. Oh, yeah, just Google Woogs World. W-O-O-G-S-W-O-R-L-D. Called because I quite liked the movie Wayne's World at the time. Excellent. Party on, Kate. Yeah, party on, Wayne. <laughs> this has, Thanks, Steve. This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Woogs World is indeed human. <laughs>